Support for this podcast comes from JCPenney. So you made your list, checked it twice, and are looking for deals that are oh so nice? You can count on JCPenney to find everything you need to make your holiday memorable at all the best prices. And the deals keep getting better with JCPenney's Cyber Days. Want the insider scoop on our best offers? Stay tuned for a little inspiration. Plus, learn how you can take an additional 35% off your order. Joy, comfort, peace. JCPenney. Hey, you like video games, right? And you like friends, too, right? You know, a lot of people say yes to those questions, but here on The Besties, we prove it. Every Friday, me, Justin McElroy, and my brother Griffin McElroy team up with our best pals and Polygon co-founders, Chris Plant and Russ Freshtick, to dive deep into one game. It's like a book club, but with no reading required. Come play along with your new best friends and listen to The Besties free, only on Spotify. Hello and welcome to another classic episode of Classic Black Dude with your host Clark Jones, a.k.a. Pod Strickland, which is a very uh, timestamp play on basketball player Rod Strickland. The NBA is back. It's back in effect. They got the virtual crowd there. It's wild because some of the some of the seats are empty even virtually. And that's kind of what like how do they decide who didn't show up to the game It's very confusing. I want NASCAR to have virtual fans. Just I want to see how they go about dressing the crowd at a NASCAR event. Like we want to be true to the fan base, but we also can't have mad 7-Eleven t-shirts in the crowd because that would be weird. That's just what's going on right now. Um, we got a great, great man. I'm just so happy to be like back in effect, man. I had to take, as y'all know, we usually do the podcast every Monday. We've been doing it every Monday since October. And that's well worthy of a round of applause. But it was just a lot going on with the pandemic and my own mental health. I actually went started going to therapy. Yeah. It's just like moving. A lot of people in the entertainment field decide like, yo, should I move to L.A. or New York? Can't nobody make you or decide for you when you should do that. You really got to be like, yo, I got to go. Because what happened is somebody will say, yeah, you got to come to New York. And then that person is then responsible for you being happy in that place because you told them to go there, right? So you have to be the one to say, no, I'm telling myself to go because if somebody tell me, yeah, man, you got to get out to LA. And then the thing that they told me to go out there for, that shit don't work out. Now I'm like, okay, well, um, <laughs> Mr. Encouragement, you told me to come this way. Where's the jobs? And don't send me on no IMDB. People be trying to get you to sign up for mad shit that'll lead to work. No. If you got jobs, that shit be like, come Monday, and the person responsible will email you direct. And that's what I love, because I got emailed directly about our guest today, one of my good friends who's doing a podcast, <laughs> Mr. Yeah. Josh Johnson. Hello, sir. How you doing? I'm good, man. Yeah. How, how I, I, see you, I see you got the headwear. I'd never see you with a hat on. This is look, different. Look, this is... <laughs> We're living in a very stressful time. There's like a pandemic. There's massive unemployment. You know what I mean? There's like there's like high yeah. high racial tensions. The last thing I need is to be roasted on my hair. So I decided <laughs> to just cover up today and just let some of the oil secrete. You know what I mean? Like just let. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Just just go ahead and try because I can't. I'm not actually good at twists. I can't twist my hair. Like every time okay. I try, I lose it. I I and then I look deranged. And so yeah. I'm just going to let some of the oil sit and cover it up it's with like a hat. A, 
like a pot roast. Like yeah. you just let it let it marinate underneath there or marinate like people black people from the early nineties say. Absolutely. That's <laughs> that's my that's my plan of action, you know? Because as tense as times are, if if I have one more quip about my hairline, I'm gonna snap. You know? I Really? I, I just, are you are you do you do you get like worry when you see the memes about hairlines and like black dudes with this type of hairline think like this? <laughs> well here's the thing. So my since my hairline isn't receding, I'm not freaking out too much. But my hairline okay. does look like a coastline with lots of erosion. You know what I mean? It, oh it, yeah, it's just insane. Like a, like, uh, like one of those barriers to entry. Like this is what kept people from enemies from docking is like the unevenness of the coastal line. Yeah, yeah. Like there's some <laughs> rocks up front. It's very rocky waters up front. There's some bumps. You know what I mean? And then in the back where you get into like the real land area, it's nice and Yo. thick brush. But still, I can't. The, I can't risk it. You know, I need we, to. We call that. We call that a diverse climate. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's definitely what it is. It's also a very dry climate at the moment. <laughs> Shout out to Sierra Leone. Um, I, I usually start out every interview with how I first met um the guest, but I have an even better story. This was the first time I met you, but I remember this was this had to be about 2014 when you moved to New York. Was that 2014, 2015? I moved to New York, yeah, toward like October 2015. October 2015. So I had been there two years. Uh, and we had started hosting our show, uh, Comedy at the Knitting Factory. It was going well. I'm feeling myself, all the uh, attributes. And I always fucked with Josh. I had, like, when he really started doing it, I was already gone, but I was just like, dude, like in Chicago, he's beast. I, I fuck with his comedy. So when he came to the show one time, and I'm just like, you know, I'm trying to be a good ambassador. I'm like, yo. This is how you do it in New York, right? Like, just stay here for a, a minute. Don't be going out of town. Let people get used to it. Get, get used to you being here and uh, let people know that you're here um, to stay. So they'll know. But let don't but let them know that you're busy. So they'll still book you and not think they can wait forever. And like giving you all these mad tips. And, I, and you were just like cool about it. like, oh, man, thanks. I really appreciate all of that. You know, I'm, tr I'm, I'm new in the city. I'm trying to get adjusted. And uh, like three days later, or might even be the next day, you posted your ID badge for working at Late Night with Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> I was like, "What the?" I felt like such a fucking dumbass. Like I'm, I'm, I'm treating this dude like he has no idea what he's doing, and I, I call it like innocuous arrogance because it, it ain't hurt nobody. But it was like you did not ask. How do I adjust to New York? I just started giving you advice on how to succeed in a city that you had already pretty much went to the top when now, you got here. To be fair to you, though, none of the advice you were giving me was bad. And I actually needed, <laughs> I actually needed all of it because people don't. So, so a lot of people don't understand is like I moved. I used Trader Joe's, working at Trader Joe's to move to New York. So I basically oh, shit. like was able to get my whole move set up through a transfer. So I never stopped working. And so because of that, I didn't have this like, because some of my friends who moved to New York or LA, they, they need to like, they spend the first three months, like not even being able to focus on whatever art they're doing because they have to you know, get Set a job financial, or something. Yeah. yeah. So I was lucky enough that as soon as I moved, even though I didn't get all the shifts I wanted to be doing shows, I I had 
like a, a support system of friends I was moving with and right. money coming in from the transfer, right? But because I wasn't getting very good shifts, this is this is like a lot of people, it's crazy how people, when you tell them what they thought about you at the time, they don't believe you. So this is what happened. I moved to New York, still wearing Trader Joe's, right? Then I go yeah. on the college tour um, for a few months. And then when I get back, that's when I get hired at Fallon, right? Now, because of all of that, a lot of people to this day don't believe me when I tell them, like, you did not know me. Like, so, so, so they'll be like, oh, you've done our show tons of times. I'm like, this is literally the first time I've done your show because we've only known now, each other for a, a little while. Yeah, you know I mean, did they book the other Josh Johnson by accident? Did they Comedy would, Central? That would on be that? hilarious. No, no, they missed that- the book. Me. <laughs> <laughs> that is a, one of the craziest story, craziest stories that I only bring up because it worked out well. But for those that don't know, of course, and this is shout out to Josh Johnson, uh, who took some time off to deal with some personal issues. So I never want to ever say anything bad about the situation. But comedy, can you can you tell us? Because you could tell it better than not good. It was a mix up where Comedy Central booked him instead of you. So so. Real, okay, yeah, yeah. So give me give me one second. I'm trying to order my thoughts. <laughs> Are you still mad about it? No, no, I'm not mad. Uh, <laughs> okay. Oh, no, but just the last thing, though, was by the time I saw you and you were giving me that advice, it was so true because even though I had just been hired at Fallon, a lot of people didn't know I had been in New York for like a while. So like, okay. so whenever you were oh, like, oh, yeah, you I need didn't to hit know. up people, you need to hit up whatever. I was like, oh yeah, that's a great idea because no one <laughs> knows that I moved here. I didn't, I, yeah, I was just, I was like, damn, I was taken aback by your humility. I'm like, man, he just, he just take like, just appreciate my advice. This fucking, this fucking plebeian, this, this scribe that I am, this fucking, uh, this, I don't know, this nobody. And he's like, yeah, I got to go work at 30 Rock tomorrow, man. But I appreciate that advice. <laughs> it was, I was like, that's why I fuck with Josh, man. Like your, your humility is kind of, uh, it's like a badge. If I oh. ask anybody about Josh, they're like, he was just an easygoing dude. But like on stage, you you attack shit very hard. Do you see like that difference between you on stage? And we're gonna get back to the Josh Johnson story. But um, do you do you notice that? Do you see like a difference? Is there a uh an, a persona or or a higher version of yourself in the stage? Uh, there's definitely one that I aspire to, but nah, yeah. nah, man, like yeah. you, it, it, it's also just about like your batting averages, you know, it's like, it's like at okay. a certain point you're, you're just, if you can manage to go up even now, like even like in a pandemic era level of doing stand up, right. If you can manage in New York to do like maybe two or three outdoor in-person shows that like maybe they won't even be that good but you know what i mean like you're at least in front of people trying to do the thing safely and then you tack on a bunch of zoom shows in between that you're still getting yeah. your reps in, even if it is in this sort of makeshift way you know so you, right. you still are creating creating a path for you to succeed and i think that I aspire to be that level of like natural and just like beastly on stage, but so much of it takes so much preparation sometimes because especially if it's an idea that is not, if it's an idea that's not conventional or is going to be 
hard to receive. You have mm-hmm. to you have to have your wording perfect. You have to have your demeanor yeah. perfect. And you have it's to, way more science than art. Yeah, and then then you also have to know how you come off. So there are some jokes that I wrote that I don't even do because I know how I come off to people. So I know that it wouldn't be like people wouldn't even take it the right way, if that makes sense. Break break that down for me. Like, um, what's a joke that you couldn't that you don't feel like would sound right coming from you? I mean, I'm not one. I'm not that dirty. So I've definitely written okay. jokes that are much dirtier in nature, even though they're trying to get to the heart of something that's pretty simple and and clean, if you will. But the yeah. but the way to say it clean, like if I were a Christian comic or something like that, the way to say it clean just kind of sucks. So then yeah. you almost have to use the vernacular of like a seedy dive bar to make the idea come across. So like, and this might be a bad example because you may see me do this joke one day, but like I start working on a joke about how it's so, so important for men to have good friends that are good men because we already have dicks and our dicks have voices and none of those voices are good. So the last thing you need is a dude (laughs) with the same voice as your dick telling you to do it. Like, like you don't need a physical embodiment also being like, I don't know. I mean, maybe you want to go over there and see what it's about. Yeah. I mean like that, that thing. Right. So then just because of how I, the ideas that I try to cultivate and, and like my overall mode on stage, I may never do that joke. You know, Mm -hmm. I may never like explore what the rest of that joke is. Now I may, if I, if I find a, like a book into it that feels like it wraps everything up perfectly and perfectly embodies an idea, then, then maybe I'll do it. But overall, that's not my vibe, you know? It's weird when you think of a joke that, like, cause I always think of, I always think of the bigger picture, like laying out 45 minutes or laying out an hour. And I'm just like, man, I gotta, I gotta think of a whole chunk. I can't do that joke alone. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit into anything else I'm talking about. And yeah. even if it's a perfect joke, like there's a, there's a trust that the audience kind of builds with you. And if I all of a sudden start talking about dicks, they're like, wait a minute, we don't know where this ride is going. You know what I mean? Like there are too many like they they hate surprises on views. Like, meanwhile, if another comic did that same dick joke, they're like, oh man, this is going swimmingly. Like this is every this is everything that I expected. He talked about like like if there's no cerebral part of a joke I tell, people get caught off guard. And that's not trying to big up myself like I'm this brilliant comedian, but there's something about, oh, he thought about this. Yeah, I mean, and this is this is probably a bad example because as far as movies go, it didn't do that well. It wasn't that popular. <laughs> but if you're gonna <laughs> if you're gonna switch your mode up, you almost have to like do a ha- a full on Hancock. Do you remember Hancock with Will Smith? Yeah, yeah, Will Smith drunk the first, superhero. Like, <laughs> the first half of that movie is like just sort of a comedy, and then the second half is a drama, and it's such a right. shift that you're like, I don't know what I'm watching. And I've seen it. I've seen it in some people's acts, and it does work because they spend the whole front half. I mean, you could, you could, to a certain degree, maybe you could even say that Hannah Gatsby did that. Like, if you think about it, it's like, it's like I'm I would have spend... to watch it to know. Sure, sure, I would that's have fair. To watch the, I would have to watch the Hannah Gatsby. <laughs> but like, you know what I mean, though, where it's like you spend your first half of your set, especially if it's a long set building up the trust right 
like, hey, mm-hmm. I'm a chill person. I'm funny. You're safe with me. Everything. Then the last half you spend being like, this is how messed up the world is. And this is here are my insane solutions to fix it. Or here's mm-hmm. here's what I think is messed up that nobody's called out yet. Or, you know, what I mean, like then you yeah. can like, really get into yourself. Um, and so for, I think that. An, oh, my, my bad. Go ahead. oh, no, no. Just I think that. I'm aspiring to do all of those things more seamlessly because I think that right now it's, it's, it's not like I'm, it's not like I'm bad by any means, but I'm just, I think that sometimes you can still see me putting it together in real time. And some people enjoy mm-hmm. that, but I think that the real artists and the real masters do it seamlessly. And so that's, that's what yeah. I'm like putting an effort toward. For your hour coming up special coming up on comedy central mm-hmm. right did you use the quarter method of like four 15 minute sets or like six 10 minute sets or two half hour sets no because i felt like so you know when we shoot that and when when it gets made and everything i hope that it comes across like everything about that special is it is about Chicago in a way. And so, so everything that I put together in it, everything like that inspired the jokes, like all that stuff was about like the time that I was in Chicago and and the kind of like comic Chicago made me and everything. And so, you know, I'm, I'm also of a mind of like, I am fully aware that we're in the midst of like a global pandemic. So you know, the, the special is on and off of my mind, you know, it's like, it's like, it's important to me, but there are a lot of other important things happening right now. But I think that whenever I was writing it, especially that first time when it was supposed to be shot in April and before this whole Corona thing popped off, I, Mm -hmm. I, I was just using the method of how all the jokes made me feel and the overall vibe they created when they were put together. So even though there may not be a perfect amount of cohesion, I think that it does garner an overall vibe where you get a sense of who I am and a sense of how I came up in Chicago and stuff. And yeah. that's that was more the method because I know what you're talking about of like sort of building the 15 solid minutes and then moving on to another 15 and stuff. Or some people just do that with 30s or some people do it with like tight fives here and there. But mm-hmm. I found that when you do that, you do end up with a perfect set of jokes but jokes that may have nothing to do with the next 15 jokes and nothing to do with the next 15 jokes. And so now you're, now you're, you're shooting a special that's full of great jokes, but you're more or less all over the place, which I think is fine for most people. But if you are trying to create something that has a vibe, I think that there has to be at least some level of cohesion to it. You know, I think that that makes sense when you, when you see, just funny people that you're just excited to see you don't care where they go you know like when eddie's special comes out i hope he talks about everything you know is he gonna do it are you i mean i think he's gonna do it i think it just got derailed because of 2020 right yeah because if he hasn't already shot it where's he gonna shoot it where's he where what's gonna be an appropriate venue for someone as famous and as and and has as many people thirsty to see him live as eddie murphy going to safely happen you know where where you want to see eddie murphy do a special the apollo comedy store 
I would probably comedy Laugh store. Factory Chicago? Laugh thing, Factory Chicago. The thing about the Apollo to me that I feel like would make shooting a special there a little bit difficult, especially if it's like a real Apollo night, like not amateur night or something, but like a real just like <laughs> Apollo yeah. night where you're seeing Eddie Murphy again. I think that the energy that the Apollo requires for a, a fantastic live performance translates into video, but only for so long because you're not there. So you, you will never be able to be as hyped as the people there. And so even though you can feed off that energy for a little while, I would even say for maybe 20, 30 minutes, I think a full hour special there with all of that um, like energy that's required to make it a good live show may not always translate when you're just sitting on your couch watching it. You know, okay. I don't yeah. know. I, and I could be wrong, but I've seen specials like that. I've seen there have been comedians that have these fantastic jokes and like a little bit of honestly, a little bit of like incredible evergreen, timeless crowd work in them.